When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful it is trying to buy a house right now. I mean, especially in Colorado, the process out here, it's crazy. So let my friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden on this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They are proud DNVR members, they're CSU alum, and they actually have a perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, not only are you going to be able to enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat, you're also going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're a little more old school, you want to talk to somebody on the phone, that's okay. You can give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Tell him Justin from DNVR Ram sent you. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Or again, just go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. Happy holidays, everyone. It is actually Christmas Day when I am recording this, and I just thought it would be fun to go through the 21 best moments of 2021. I posted on Twitter, asked for input. <laughs> I should have put a disclaimer. I I want to keep this as positive as possible. So while I did get a lot of a lot of, you know responses saying the firing of Steve Adazio, which was predictable and understandable. I'm going to try and keep it as positive and upbeat as possible. So I'm not really going to like fixate on, on the firing itself. I will mention it when I talk about the the hiring of Jay Norvell, which is obviously on this list, but you know, I'm, I'm not here to, to dance on anyone's graves or like celebrate their demise just because, I mean, they are humans, guys, these, these coaches that, that lost their jobs. And that is unfortunate. They all have families, you know, like it's kind of, kind of like the recruiting thing I talked about with, with roster turnover, you know, it, it, it is okay to be excited about the future of the program while all recognizing, while also recognizing, you know, that there, there are going to be individuals negatively impact throughout it all. And that was obviously the case here. I mean, I know that Adazio wasn't, the most popular guy in Fort Collins. And he certainly didn't do a great job of, you know, getting more allies in, in his corner just with the way that he kind of treated people. But, you know, I'm, I'm not stoked that all those position coaches lost their jobs or, or anything like that. It's, it's a brutal industry. I mean, I, I know what that process is like. Anyways, I, I just wanted you guys to, to keep that in mind. And, and I wanted to kind of explain my rationale behind it. It is the holiday season. You know, I just, it, feel, it felt like poor taste to, you know, be like, number one, Steve Adazio gets fired and, and we're all rid of him. You know, just 
I, I don't know. I just I didn't really feel great about framing it that way. So instead, we are going to focus more on the positivity, on the future, you know, the fact that they have Jay Norvell instead of, you know, completely harping over Adazio and just, you know, kind of ruminating in, in all the negativity that kind of became synonymous with the program during his tenure. This is uh, going to be a two-part episode just because I think 21 moments all in, in one episode would be a lot to consume. And, you know, anybody that, that listens to the podcast knows that I can occasionally go off on side tangents, especially when I start reminiscing, you know, going down memory lane, talking about moments that, that were fun. And there were a lot of them in 2021. I think as as weird as these last couple of years have been, there have been a lot of great moments in CSU athletics. Another thing I want to add here, just a, a kind of a disclaimer before we get involved, this is predominantly going to be from the perspective of men's basketball and the football program. This is not to say that there weren't, you know, great moments for Olympic sports, you know, for the golf team, especially it comes to mind. The men's golf team was great. Track obviously does great things year in and year out. Volleyball had some big moments. And, you know, women's basketball is, is obviously phenomenal right now. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching them play, you know, hopefully against Boise State here in a couple of days. But just for the purposes of this podcast, because the two teams that I actually cover on a day-to-day basis are men's basketball and CSU football, I just thought it would it would make the most sense. I can obviously talk about these subjects the best. Again, it's, it's not saying that, you know, a, a regular season win for men's basketball means more in the grand scheme of things than you know, a conference championship for like track or swimming or, you know, something like that. It's just, you know, kind of what I talk about, what my audience is, is used to listening to. So I'm just kind of keep it centered around what I know, you know, it, that, that makes sense to me. I'm sorry if, you know, I'm upsetting anybody. I, I genuinely don't want to leave anybody out, but I also don't want to, to come on here and, and, you know, talk about something that I am not necessarily qualified to speak on. I can read you the the results, you know, from a swim meet or from a track meet. Can I explain the nuances of the sport? No, I can't. And that's why I don't, you know, come on here and waste anybody's time and try and act like I'm some expert on the on the matter, but I just wanted to explain that because I know that inevitably somebody is going to be upset. You know, you only focused on these two men's teams. I know it's it's imperfect, but they're the teams that I get paid to cover and they're the teams that I generally, you know, that I generally focus on. So that's where I'm at. This is supposed to be a fun podcast. Um, the order of this is very subjective. I didn't spend, you know, hours and hours, you know, really going through the ranking. If you want to say one moment was better than another, totally. That's possible. It's all up, you know, this, this, I more just wanted to include like the 21 moments that were the most fun to me. It's not necessarily a ranking one through 21, but for the sake of this podcast and the flow, we did it that way. So, uh, starting with number 21, Trey McBride scores a touchdown on his final touch as a CSU Ram. You know, that, that was such a weird night, especially in hindsight. Steve Adazio gets ejected. The Rams get embarrassed 52 to 10 on senior night. And now in kind of hindsight, it almost ended up being, you know, an, an audition of sorts for that Nevada staff and some of their players. I mean, Avery Morrow and Tori Horton, guys that really torched CSU in that game, now play for CSU. And those offensive coaches that dialed it all up, they are now repping the green and gold as well. As frustrating as this season was, you know, the the lack of red zone targets for Trey McBride, the lack of red zone success altogether, really. I mean, it, it goes deeper than just beyond Trey not getting his, you know, looks. 
all of it in general. It was just really head-scratching. At least Trey McBride got a touchdown in that last game. If he would have went the entire 2021 season with only one touchdown, that would have been a shame. I mean, the fact that he only had two is is a shame, too, really. I mean, he, he's just so talented. When you look at the way that Nevada's offensive coaches, in particular, were able to get a guy like Cole Turner involved, and obviously, physically, you know, he's a little bit of a, a different cover just because he's so big. I mean, basically, a power forward out there at the tight end position, but... My point is, you know, the coaches could have done so much of a better job of scheming up ways to get the ball into number 85's hands, especially when they were deep in enemy, into enemy territory. Getting a little bit tongue-tied here. But Trey, he gets a touchdown. You know, weird night. Dacio gets ejected. People are happy to see him go. The Rams get beat down. But Trey gets a touchdown. And that's how it should be, right? Like, one of one of the best CSU football players of all time one of the most dedicated Rams to come through the program, at, at least in my lifetime. I mean, there have been very few people that have meant as much to CSU football as Trey McBride and, and Toby McBride. So I think the fact that at least he was able to get a touchdown was kind of a nice moment on what was a really weird period to like a, a tumultuous 2021 season altogether. But hey, it ends it ends the right way with Trey getting a touchdown, get rid of the, get rid of the coach, bring in a new guy, get some excitement. Um, keeping, keeping kind of on that track, number 20, Ryan Stonehouse finishes as the NCAA's all-time leader in punt average. This dude, I mean, much like Trey McBride, has just been so committed to CSU football over the last half decade, has meant so much to this program. I mean, when, when you think about some of those lopsided losses, they could have been so much worse if CSU didn't have Ryan Stonehouse to flip the field because... Before the end of this season, before the end of this season, you know the the defense was pretty good early on. They struggled late, but a lot of those years, you know, 2018, 2019, those defenses were just nothing special. And if they didn't have Stonehouse to flip the field and make those teams drive constantly, I mean, I, I really feel like the Rams would have been given up 45 plus fairly regularly. I mean, maybe that's unfair of me to say, but those defenses just they weren't very good. You know, they gave up a lot of big plays. Got torched over the top, gave up big runs. I, I I really think it's it's safe to assume without Stonehouse, the damage would have been much worse. And the dude was just so much fun to watch. Like, it's obviously not a glamorous position. He's never going to get the attention that he deserves nationally or or even locally. I mean, he's not going to be revered in the same way that Trey McBride is ten years from now. But I've never seen a ball boom off of a punter's foot as consistently as the way that it that it came off Stonehouse's. I mean, the dude was a weapon. You know, he's he's a legitimate weapon. The whole NFL thing with punters is weird. You know, it it's so limited with the opportunities and because of that I don't want to I don't want to predict anything too early or, or anything like that. But I will say I would be pretty surprised if this guy, you know, a couple years from now isn't considered one of the better punters in the NFL. Obviously, we'll have to see how it how it plays out, but I'm going to miss watching him in Fort Collins. The dude was a weapon. He was a great personality. You know, he's really fun to interview and talk to post-game. Always, you know, polite, in a good mood, even even after some tough experiences. And really, you can say that about a, about a lot of these guys. As difficult as, you know, these losing seasons have been, the Rams have had a lot of a lot of high-character individuals. And, you know, Stonehouse, the McBride brothers, they're a big part of that very Wesley, but even even beyond that, I mean, I, I spoke highly of Todd Santeo all season, and I 
genuinely meant it. I mean, I, I think he's a really good dude. Don't think he would have necessarily made sense in the in the system moving forward. But I thought he was a high character guy, and all things considered, you know, a, a guy that CSU fans should be, you know, proud rep- that he represented the university. Was he the best quarterback we've ever seen? Not by a long shot. But he was an athletic dude. He played really hard. He owned his mistakes. That's really all you can ask for, especially when you have a you know a coaching staff that doesn't necessarily always put you in the most advantageous positions. Uh, anyways, I've I've gotten way off track here. Uh, number nineteen, Colorado State men's basketball comes back against Northern Colorado. This was obviously uh, pretty recently in December. I know that people don't necessarily look at this UNC team as a huge win, and and I get it. You know they are a Big Sky team, but they are they are a group that can really score points in a hurry, and they and they've done a great job of adding talent. It's really not hyperbole to say they are one of the best shooting teams in the entire country. They came into Fort Collins. They really challenged the Rams in a major way. And CSU, they they found a way to, to get it done. And there's going to be a couple of comeback games that we talk about on this list between the early portion of this 2021-2022 season, as well as the 2020-2021 campaign. How many times can I say 2020 in a couple of seconds? Um, but the comeback kids, it's what they do, you know. They found a way to get it done. Obviously, Boulder, you know, they ducked the Rams this year. So this was the only major local game we got with the men's team. And it was a thrilling one. It was a game where both teams really wanted it. High-level basketball, high-level offense. And it was just a great moment. So I thought, you know, at home in front of the fans against a local team that that challenges you and has a potential to be really pretty good this year, I, I just thought that was a really fun home victory for the fans. At number 18, we actually have a next-level Ram, Shaq Barrett, winning another Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. I know that it's kind of conflicted feelings for a lot of folks out in this region just because, you know, the whole Broncos-Patriots rivalry for 10 to 15 years or so and, you know, Manning versus Brady. And really, I mean, it, it went back before that, going all the way back to the Plummer years and that infamous, you know, 2005 matchup. They Those teams had always just... Had some great clashes over the years. He's now in Tampa Bay, so it's weird for people to to root for the Buccaneers. I get that. But at the same time, I mean, Brady, he has so much personality now. Like, I I genuinely find myself rooting for him. I just think he's a likable guy. He he finally has let some of that that character and personality kind of shine through, showing that he's not just a football robot. Um, beyond that, though, obviously, it, it's just so much fun to root for Shaq Barrett, a guy that has had to work for everything in his career i mean he goes to nebraska omaha they cut the football program that's the only reason he even ends up at csu goes on to you know win defensive player of the year one of the greatest individual moments in csu football history with the strip sack in that washington state game technically two but you know they said he was down the first time just incredible will incredible effort that's the way he's been his entire career i mean he kind of got screwed by draft politics and you know the fact that Denver took Shane Ray in the first round, they kept giving him opportunities, even though Barrett continually outplayed him on the field. The politics screw him again when they bring in Bradley Chubb in the first round. That basically, you know, certifies that he was never going to stay in Denver long term after that. The fact that he's been able to, to go out to Tampa Bay and basically establish himself as one of the top two or three pass rushers in the entire NFL it's just a testament to Shaq, his work, his work ethic, and it was awesome to see him win a ring. 
All right, we have plenty of football and hoops moments to dive into, but it is Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that'll certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if they are victorious. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pocket. If you're a current customer, don't worry. DraftKings Sportsbook has you hooked up as well. You can get in the Christmas spirit with the holiday free bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet just $5 on any NBA team. Win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. Again, with the promo code DNVR this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Keeping on the subject of the holiday season, if you're like me, you might have waited to the last minute to, to go out and, and get all your gifts. That's okay. Our friends over at Manscaped are going to help you out, whether it's you know for a stocking stuffer contest, white elephant competition, whatever it may be. Manscaped, the world leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. They've served more than 4 million men worldwide. I'm not great at math, but that's about 8 million balls. You can get 20% off plus free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code DNVR. You know, ho, 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 fellas, not your nice. It is the season to perform. Their best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0. It's going to be at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you're going to find the lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, the weed whacker for your ear and nose hair, and let's not forget about their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. To maximize your ball hygiene routine, I love Manscaped's body wash. Their shampoo and conditioner combo is so, so clutch. They really are a one-stop shop. Their underwear is comfortable. I got a t-shirt from them that I wear all the time. Go to manscaped.com, check out all of their great products, and make sure you use the code DNVR to save 20% off and get free shipping on your next order. Oh, man. Y'all don't know how many people I have had come up to me and say they were listening to this podcast with, you know, they were driving and then their grandparents were in the car and the Manscaped read came on or, you know, their six-year-old was in the back seat and then they got to have that awkward conversation. So that's just my little holiday gift to you. A bunch of awkward conversations about ball hair. Um, number 17, <laughs> we'll just keep it moving. CSU football hangs with Iowa. I felt conflicted on whether I wanted to actually put this in the list because they lost. But so many fans had such a, you know, wonderful time at that game. I really feel like that is the the perfect Power 5 experience. You get to go and go to a great atmosphere. You get to do the wave, which is one of the cooler traditions in all of college football. You know, not the, the corny one you see in, at every sporting event. I'm talking about when they wave at the end of the third quarter, the Children's Hospital that is really, really neat stuff. Um, so it was cool for the alumni, a great, great time to experience Big Ten country. And then, you know, CSU that goes out and they rep well, you know, very similar to the trips to Tuscaloosa. It, it wasn't a total ass whooping. And honestly, I mean, the Rams had an opportunity to win that game at, at certain points. So I, I feel like everybody was was feeling really confident at that point, especially, I mean, coming off of that Toledo win, which is 
also on this list. We'll get to that at some point here um, in, in a couple. But anyways, I, I just felt like that that game, that competitive showing, it gave everybody some hope moving forward. And, you know, the Iowa, they ended up being a, a really tough team this year. Maybe not necessarily quite as good as, as they looked like they might be early in the year, but still, you know, definitively a top 25 team. At number 16, we have CSU keeping the winning streak against New Mexico alive. Didn't get to play in 2020, so didn't have that opportunity, but 11 straight victories over a team in your own conference. It's absurd. I mean, I, I always kind of compare it to the, the CSU-Boise rivalry. I mean, or I don't even know if you can call it a rivalry because how lopsided it's been, but, you know, the Rams, they can't get past Boise State. New Mexico, they can't get past CSU. The Rams have just absolutely owned them now. And it's it's wild that this streak just continues. I really look forward to it. Like I, I know that New Mexico isn't what they used to be, but I do think Danny Gonzalez is a good coach. I like what they're building there. I'm interested to see if this kind of continues these next couple of years, especially just because we know they want it. I mean, I've I've talked with Gonzalez about this multiple times and He's made it clear, you know, he he remembers when this was this was a, a rivalry that that really mattered in terms of conference standing implications. These were two teams that could contend for championships. He wants it to be back at that point. You know, it's it's going to take some serious work on both of these programs to get to that point. But the fact that the C, that CSU has beaten New Mexico, whether they're a bottom program in the conference or not, 11 straight times is is just so impressive and it, it's worth mentioning. At number 15, we had the CSU football victory over Toledo. This was after the Vanderbilt loss. Everybody was feeling incredibly dejected. And the defense just goes out on the road and balls out. I understand that Toledo didn't end up being a contender in the MAC like I and many expected them to be. They just didn't have the defense to, to get it done in conference play. They were a competitive team, though. And, you know, I just think after such dejecting losses at home, Back-to-back, South Dakota State comes in and, and really punches you in the mouth, and then you you blow a, a very winnable game at home against Vanderbilt. The program, the players, the fans, everybody was really down, and they go out and they get that statement win, and it was really weird. You know, the offense didn't necessarily play that well, but you get the return from Tadpole, you get a bunch of field goals from Caden Camper, and you get just a really stout defensive effort. And while this season was a lot of frustration, that was a fun day. First one of the season, you know, on the road, it was, it was just much needed, and I, I, I really like to focus on those type of moments. As, as frustrating as football has been for the last half decade, if you, if you can't enjoy, the big wins when they come, I mean, what's the point, you know? <laughs> Otherwise, it's just disappointment. Uh, number fourteen, Jay Norvell signs twenty-two during the early period. I honestly considered moving this higher just because this was. I mean, that day on CSU Twitter was about as united as I've seen, you know, Ram Nation and this fan base in, in years. And the fact that Norvell and these coaches have been able to do that is is so awesome. And I think it, it has this program in a, in a much better position than it, it probably would have been with the, with the old coaching staff. I just think the fact that there's excitement again, the fact that they've added all this talent is is really encouraging. And obviously a large portion of that came over from Nevada Nine Nevada players, 11 transfers in total. But it was just such a fun day. And the, and the only reason that I didn't put it higher is just because these players haven't actually accomplished anything at CSU yet. And, you know, that's 
kind of the, the double-edged sword with recruiting. You want to be excited. You want to prop these guys up. But also then it just kind of ends up being a lot of hype for people before they even step on the field. That said, you know, again, if you can't appreciate the good days, what's the point? And that was a really, really good day. Number 13. CC men's basketball takes down St. Mary's in the revenge game, quote-unquote revenge. I don't think it was to the team at all. They're just, they're so mellow-headed as a group. They're so even-keeled. And because of that, you know, I think they just viewed it as another basketball game. But after that 2020 matchup out in, in California where the Rams lose by 20, they only score 33 points, you know, that was kind of the low moment of of the Medved era that season, I guess, which is, again, I'm kind of saying that in quotes because it was one game. It really was not that big of a deal. And the Rams ended up going on a big winning streak after that. It was just a really weird game. But the fact that they were, you know, CSC was able to handle them at home, a quality opponent in front of the fans, which makes everything better. It was just a good day for the Rams. You know, I think it it really, in, in the eyes of a lot of national college basketball pundits, kind of, further validated that this team is for real. And, and obviously the, the Mississippi State game helped with that as well. Um, but just a great game and, and a lot of fun. And we're, we're going to have a lot of fun basketball moments here as we get you know to the top of this list. Um, closing out this portion of the podcast, again, this is going to be a two-parter. Number 12, CSU men's basketball beats Utah State in Logan, knocks the Aggies out of first place. This was... Last season, uh, on January 21st, and if you remember back, it was wonky scheduling with the, the whole series thing. So on January 19th, these two teams meet for the first time. The Rams, they kind of get shell-shocked a little bit, end up losing by 19, really beaten down. And, and you know, then you have to play each other again a couple of days later. It's not an easy situation. CSU responds in a, in a major way. They advance to 11-3, and three, knock Utah State to 12-4 and four at the time. And I also think it was just one of those those examples of the games where we kind of started to see what this team could be. I mean, you got 18 points, uh, eight rebounds, and eight assists, four steals from Isaiah Stevens that game. You get 16 points, four assists, four rebounds out of Kendall Moore. You get eight points, a couple of boards out of Thistlewood. You get 15 and seven from Roddy. Deshaun Thomas scores 15 points off the bench. I mean, they, they just really flashed their depth. It was a really complete performance in the paint. They defended really well, and it was kind of like you know the the type of performance we've come to expect from CSU this year, where they're just really complete on on both sides of the floor. They they had to find that consistency a little bit. I, I kind of feel like that was really what was lacking with this group last year. It was just a little too up and down at times. They obviously had the talent, and they were able to win some games even in spite of you know not the best defensive performances at time, but. We've, we've really seen them build off of what they established last year and just find that consistency this season. And, and hopefully it pays off. You know, hopefully we can find some stability with the season here. I mean, it's just been so wonky with all this COVID stuff. I, I hope they change the testing protocols at this point. It feels like with the, with the current status quo, there's basically no way that this is going to work these next couple of weeks. I mean, everybody coming back from Christmas, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird deal. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to act like I know all the answers. I just know that the the current procedures don't seem to be working. Got a lot of asymptomatic people that are fully vaccinated being tested. And I don't know. It's just a weird deal altogether. We'll see what happens. Um, we will do the next 11 moments on the second part of this podcast. So 
just, you know, listen to that and, and keep the party rolling.